Thanks, Pastor John. Well, uh, you know, tonight I, I am excited to, to have the opportunity to share with you guys, and, and I know it's a little different than, you know, what we normally do, um, just because we have just a couple people here with us, uh, but we're streaming, and again, this could be in hundreds of households all over the community, uh, but I, I know that the last just couple weeks have been super hectic and crazy, and I don't know how you're wired, but for me, you know, I do a lot better when I have a routine and I know what to expect throughout the week, but um, in this season, I feel like God's kind of been challenging me on a few of those things, but I do know that even whenever things feel hectic, when they feel crazy, man, God's still in control, and we can have peace that that he knows exactly what's going on, and, and I even feel that this is an opportunity for us to kind of reset, you know, as a church, as a family, just as a person, and everything that I have going on in my life, it's just kind of on pause a little bit for for, for some of the stuff, but uh, I just want to encourage everyone that's out there listening today that even if it seems crazy, man, God's in control today. But, uh, you know, I just want to share just for, you know, 10 or 15 minutes with you guys tonight. And there's a couple things that I want to talk about. Uh, but the, the first thing is I feel like right now there's kind of people on two opposite ends of the spectrum as far as just the, the corona, COVID-19 stuff going around and, and, you know, businesses closing. And there's just a lot of stuff going on. And so I feel like some people, they can find themselves in the area where, they're, they're fearful. Um, they're, they're anxious about maybe their family getting sick. Uh, they have a lot of stuff going on, and they're stressed out, and they're worried. And then there's the other end of the spectrum where, you know, maybe a student is excited that they get an extra week of vacation for, you know, spring break or whatever that looks like. And so I know, you know, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle, but I don't want anyone here to feel as if, there's no hope. I don't want anyone to feel worried or fearful, and I don't want fear to dictate anyone's uh, decision-making in this season. And um, there's there's a couple more things. I actually want to make three points tonight, and I just was praying about it and everything this morning, and the thing that kept coming to my heart is, okay, as Christians, how are we called to respond in a crisis and something that's going on like this, like we're kind of surrounded with right now, how are we supposed to respond in faith, but also be cautious at the same time and deal with what's going on? Because all across our, our town, man, we, we do have businesses that are closing, that are, that are struggling to keep the doors open. We have people that maybe you're laid off for a season. Man, you know, there's other people that work goes on as, you know, as normal. But whatever your situation is right now, I want to tell you that Christians have three things that I really feel like we just need to respond in. And uh, this is my, my first point. And, and I want you to write these down if you can. But this is how should Christians respond? respond. And number one is we should respond in caution. And I, I started thinking about that today. Caution and fear are two polar opposites, I think, because whenever we get in our car, I don't put my seatbelt on because I think I'm going to die. I put my seatbelt on as a, as a sign or an act of caution because you don't know what's going to happen when you're on your way to church or your, your way to, to your school or whatever the case may be for you. But I put it on as a safeguard, and I feel like right now in this season, as, as you know, heads of families and things like that, we need to make sure that, man, we're, we're protecting our family, that we are responding in caution because this is a real thing. This is a real problem. This is something that's going on right now around us, so we do have to respond. We can't just act like it's not going on, but we need to be cautious, but not fearful. 
we need to be cautious but not fearful. And I don't want anyone to make any decisions out of fear. And like I said earlier, you can be on that that polar end of the spectrum right there that says, man, I'm, I'm fearful, I'm worried. You know, is my husband going to get sick? Is my, is my, is my wife going to be okay? What about my job? And again, we have to stand back and as believers, we have to attack this thing from a perspective that God is in control even when things are hectic, even when things are crazy. And um, the, the second point that I want to make tonight is how should Christians react? And I believe that we should react in faith. And I know that that's a very, very simple uh, statement. It's a very, very simple truth. But we need to cling to what is consistent. And, and, and like I said, even just kind of in the opening there, for me, like I'm, I do a lot better with a routine. I do a lot better when uh, I feel at ease, when I, I know what to expect throughout the day, that I'm going to go to work or I'm going to go work out or I'm going to eat here or all of these things that, that are consistent. And right now, when things seem to be very inconsistent, what one thing is consistent? And it's Jesus, it's the rock that we can cling to no matter what we're facing, no matter what our family situation is. We can step back and know and have peace, one, that God's in control, that we can step in faith and not fear because God is consistent through everything that might be inconsistent or hectic. And through this, we have to step out in faith and know that as we react, as we, as we develop what we're, what we're believing for through this, this whole situation and season, we have to understand that we're pushing the kingdom of God forward. And sometimes this is kind of hard for us to understand or to keep in the front part of our mind, but I'm reminded of a story in Acts chapter 16, and I've actually shared this uh, in, in different ways, and I feel like you can make a lot of points out of this same passage, but this is Paul and Silas, and this is, again, in Acts chapter 16. We're going to pick up in verse 19 here, but they were, they were going to the house of prayer. There was a, a girl there that kept uh, fortune-telling or, or, or telling all of these things about Paul and Silas. They finally got annoyed enough with this girl. They cast an evil spirit out of her, and then people people uh, wanted to attack them. So this is where this story picks up. This is in Acts chapter 16, and it says, when her owners realized, talking about the girl, uh, realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. We'll jump down to 23. It says, um, after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a, such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. Uh, it says the jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew a sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. Uh, but Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights and rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. When he brought them out and asked, he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And so you could go a lot of different directions with this same passage, but I was just reminded this morning as I was reading through this that, that Paul and Silas were facing a situation that wasn't pleasing. It's probably not where they wanted to be in that moment or in that season of their life, but 
they still chose to glorify God in the midst of their trial. And I feel like maybe, like I said, maybe you're kind of stressing out, worrying about things. But I want to tell you that if God's in control, there's nothing to worry about. And two, we have to redirect this and say, you know what? I have to steward the situation that I'm in and I have to advance the kingdom of God. And, you know, for me, I'm, I'm really big on stewardship. I'm really big on, you know, stewarding your finances, your abilities, any, any, um, any calling that you have on your life, whether that be investing in other people or um, just, just, just training up people or using your gifts. But I also think that God gives us situations in our life to see if we will steward them. And, you know, I, I think it's a T.D. Jakes um, quote, but he's talking about God didn't give us a chair he gave us a tree, and we had to turn that tree into a chair. He gave us the ability, and he gave us the resources to make it happen. And I feel like in this season, God is giving us the resources to turn this into something for good for the kingdom of God. And so it's up to us as Christians to turn this around and say, you know what, even if I'm in the deepest, darkest prison, even if I'm, I just got flogged, even if, you know, my husband is on, he lost his job for a couple weeks or whatever's happening, I can trust and I can turn this around and I can be a blessing to the kingdom of God rather than sinking back in fear and anxiety. And so, we have to step out in faith, and we have to trust that God is in control. And again, this all comes back to stewardship. This all comes back to what is the purpose for this season God has placed us all in. And, you know, I was just kind of reading just a couple days ago, and every day I try to just, just sit down to be quiet and just say, God, what, what are you saying right now? What are, you, what are you speaking to me? And for whatever reason in my mind, I kept seeing just this picture of a wagon wheel. And I, I thought it was so random. And, and I just kept asking God what he was trying to say. So I started researching just the, the symbolism in the, a wagon wheel. So like an old Western wagon wheel. And so um, if you can kind of picture that for just a second. Uh, but I was started Googling this and, and looking around at some symbolism. And I, I came across this thing that I, I believe is so evident and so timely for what we're going through right now. And this is actually, uh, it's called Pioneer Mission Community. And so they have just this mission statement on their, their website. And I thought that it was perfect. It says, this is talking about wagon wheels. It says, for Pioneer Mission Community, the wagon wheel symbolizes both movement and a commitment to the lifelong journey of faith. Our relationship with Christ is ever-changing, and we are called to walk with him in the direction he is leading. For the original pioneers, the journey stopped whenever people lost hope, yielded to hardship, or suffered loss. Many times on the migration west, groups would circle the wagons to protect themselves from threats of many kind. As a temporary solution, this was necessary. As a permanent strategy, circling the wagons led to loss of vision and direction and caused groups to settle and forget the original goal. Many churches begin uh, with a grand vision to fulfill the Great Commission, to reach the lost and make disciples, but quickly give in to temptation to take care of only themselves. Without infrastructure of a large church or worship facility, Pioneer Mission Community will remain nimble, flexible, and able to invest in the kingdom growth efforts in the community. And 
I just started thinking about that for just a moment, and I thought that it spoke so perfectly into the situation that we find ourselves in today, that even in the Old West, this wagon wheel was a symbol of moving forward. And, you know, so often they said that they would lose hope when they, when they lost things or someone would pass away or something bad would happen. And I feel that even now in the situation that, that we face, maybe there are people here that, that are listening right now that maybe you've lost hope, but I want to tell you that God is still in control that we can come together as a group of believers and we're stronger together. And just the last little section of this, it says the connected spokes of the wagon wheel also remind us of the importance of staying connected to one another with Christ at the center of our community. Whether we consider the people of our ministries uh, to be the spokes, we must always keep Christ at the center of the hub. And I, I just I kind of wrap up here, but I, I want to encourage everyone that even though we're, we might be meeting all over the city and we're not here under one roof, we can still can, uh, stay connected with Christ at the center of everything that we face. And, you know, something that Pastor John keeps saying is that this is an opportunity for the church to have its finest hour. And to me, I think that's a call to action for the church, not only this church, but the church across our city, across our nation. And we need to step into the finest hour that God's called us to. And, you know, right now, I feel like everybody's probably looking for where do I get information from news sites and Fox and CNN and, and Facebook? There's so many different avenues and venues for information. But I want to want to say I feel like it's time that people are actually going to start reaching out to the church for the right information. And it's that no matter how hard the waves crash, no matter what's going on, that we can cling to the rock that is higher. And so uh, I just want to want to wrap up in just a moment. I want to say a quick prayer, and then I'll just kind of let you know what's going on after this uh, with our other live streams. But really, really quick, uh, all across the city in your living rooms, let's let's close our eyes for just a moment, and won't you pray with me? So God, we we thank you, Lord, right now that that you would help us step close to you. Lord, that you would help us react with caution, but Lord, that you would also help us react in faith, and Lord, that you would help us react with a purpose moving forward your kingdom, uh, your kingdom. and Lord, I just pray that right now for any anxiety, Lord, any fear, Lord, anything that comes against us that the enemy throws at us, Lord, we rebuke in the name of Jesus, and Lord, I pray that you would help us step forward in faith and know that you're in control. God, that we can trust in you and there's nothing to be fearful of. And Lord, I pray that we would also stay connected with Jesus at the center of everything that we do. And Lord, that you would help us make an impact around the world and in our community in this time. And so Lord, we thank you. Lord, we love you. And we say these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so really quick, before we, before we officially dismiss, uh, right after this, we're actually gonna, gonna cut to our youth live stream. So this will stop. And if if you're watching and you want to tune in to the youth live stream, uh, you can go to Instagram. I think it's ph underscore powerhouse. Also, you can go to their Facebook page. We'll be streaming there and on YouTube. But also, we're posting a video for Kids Zone at 6 o'clock. So you can go back, pull that up at any time. And uh, all of your, your students, everybody that's in Kids Zone, they can actually watch that at any point. Uh, but anyway, we love you guys. If you need anything at all, you can text us uh, or uh, you can... Uh, text in restored at 97,000 or COTR at 97,000 if you have any questions about our church at all. We love you. We're praying for you. And if you need anything at all, please let us know. Love you.